I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, New York Times bestselling author and TV journalist. And this is Unchained TV's Voice America podcast. For the next hour, you will hear the solution to most of the problems that plague our world. And it's a solution mainstream media ignores, even though it only requires us to make one simple change. Want to know what it is and transform your life? Let's get started. I am so thrilled, honored, jazzed to have Hellenic Vincent DePaul on right now, Voice America Radio. He is the founder of the extraordinary Vegan Dale. First of all, I love the name and I want to know how you came up with it. But also, this is a festival that is taking the world by storm. I mean, it's like the hottest thing in the vegan world. Toronto, New York, L.A., Dallas, Miami, and it's going across the pond to London. Wow. <sighs> Hellenic, tell us how you got the inspiration for this and why it's growing so darn fast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jane. Um, yeah, so Vegandale started in uh, 2015 in Toronto. We started in 2015. Uh, you know, I, I had the same inspiration, I guess, to go vegan for the same reasons a lot of other people do. I think one day you look at your, you look at the animals in your life and you, you know, there's an epiphany and there's just a question of, you know, should we kill these animals? And what is the difference between, you know, not wanting to kill the animals in our lives as opposed to not wanting to kill, kill farm animals or any other animals that we use. And at that time, me and my wife, we had, you know, I was vegan and I started going to a lot of these veg fests, you know, just like everyone else, I started going to a lot of these veg fests, these vegetarian festivals. And one thing that I noticed was slowly, if you notice a lot of veg fests, they focus on health and they focus on the environment, which didn't resonate with me. I don't actually, I've never went vegan because my health or the environment, it's, it's not even something I've ever thought about, to be honest. It's, 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 you know, I've obviously thought about the environment, but not in the context of veganism and the environment. So I, I noticed a lot of these vegan festivals, these vegetarian festivals, they promoted the aspect that, you know what? Come to, our, come to our veg fest, but you should be vegetarian or vegan because it's better for your health. It's better for the environment. It was very, the concept of not eating, not, you know, not eating animals or not using animals wasn't something that anyone really had done. And that really, to be honest, that really bothered me. That really bothered me on a personal level. Um, and there were, you know, there was two things that happened at at VegFest that, real, that really bothered me to start Vegandale. I was, there was two teenagers, they went up to a booth. It was a popular, I'm not gonna name the organization, it was a popular organization. And they pretty much said, hey, you know what? We didn't know all this was happening. What can we do to help? And mm-hmm. I knew the answer or solution was, I, I was whole, I knew the person behind the counter was gonna go say, go vegan. That's, what, that's the one thing you can do. That is the most important thing you can do. And of course, they didn't say that. They said, the most important thing you can do is donate. And, you know, here's our donation <laughs> and get to our email list. And I was, I was livid. I was livid. I didn't say anything. And then there was, you know, there was all these talks and panels. And when you, all of the panels are, were on two things, the environment 
and health. And none of them discuss the morality of eating animals. And, you know, I have to be honest, Gary Francione and the abolitionist approach did and does have a huge impact on my, on my life. So I consider veganism as a moral obligation to animals. And I think we all, and that is something that we should all consider in our lives. So I, I was bothered by that. I was bothered by that. And then I think a lot of these current, you know, vegan, current, even now, these current festivals, the problem in itself is it doesn't normalize veganism. And what I mean by that is a lot of people seem to think that, you know, veganism is just, you know, for people on the left, people who, you know, a certain lifestyle or is equated with a certain demographic. And, you know, being being a Sri Lankan immigrant who, who my politics were probably more center right, I didn't really resonate with that. And I took the idea that the only thing vegans have in common with each other is that we're all vegans, but all other aspects of our lives are different. Oh, yeah. So, so I, I, took the, I took the position that vegans come from all walks of life. And I really think that we sh- that everyone needs to take that position and they don't pigeonhole us. So then I started Vegandale in 2015, just purely, purely as a passion project, purely as nothing more than a passion project. I was into events. I knew events. You know, we did Vegandale. We had a four, four to 5,000 people come out the first year. It was good. You know, I lost a lot of money, but it was fine. It was a passion. <laughs> uh, it was a passion project. And at that point, we had started bringing it. You know, I said, hey, you know what? there seems to be a lot of people interested in this. We, we, could, we could grow this. This is something that it, it, it can, we can grow this. And even if I don't make any money, if I can break even with this, I'm okay because this was purely my idea. I, 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 I really just wanted to promote veganism. I had no other reason than to promote veganism, but more importantly, veganism as a moral obligation. It was really important to me and I told my team this, that we never discuss health, we never discuss environment, we never greenwash the animal rights movement. We will be the only festival that focuses on one thing, that you can live, you don't need to exploit animals, and you can live a life, quote unquote, a normal life. And that's what we wanted to show. We, we wanted to show uh, a festival that normalized veganism. And I think, you know, we've done that. We're growing year over year. We, you know, in Chicago and New York, uh, about 60% of our demographic is actually non-white. And then on top of that, our, our biggest festival, our biggest first year festival is going to be in Dallas. And, you know, if I had told someone five years ago, hey, you know what, our biggest vegan, our first year vegan festival is going to be in Dallas, nobody would have believed me. I probably wouldn't have even believed it. But I think, you know, I'm proud of the fact that we're breaking down stereotypes, we're breaking down barriers, and, you know, we're proving first and foremost, that you can put animals first before anything. Well, that was amazing. Thank you for that. Whoa. Um, I'm blown away by what you've accomplished because I've been on the board of veg festivals in the past. And just the idea of getting the health department permitting done is enough to make you pull out your hair in tufts. There is so much complexity to it. And each city is completely different. There are permits, there are rules, there are inspections, there are all sorts of things that I really never anticipated till I got into the weeds. And it kind of seemed like 
Let's do everything we can to make putting on a veg fest impossible. And yet you do it seamlessly in city after city and not just any city, but the biggest cities in the world. I can only imagine what the rules are in New York City because I already know what the rules are in L.A. And they are pretty monumental. How do you do it so seamlessly? Well, it, it may seem seamlessly, but it's actually not. I have a great team. I have a great team of, of event coordinators. And it, it is it is a very painful, excruciating process. But, you know, they, they, they do a great job. They, they make sure they, you know, they dot their I's and cross their T's. But, yeah, it's, it's a very difficult process. And each city is different. I, I would say it's probably the most difficult part about executing an event uh, establishing a relationship with the venue and then more importantly establishing a relationship with the city so that you do have uh, the right permits but uh, the key to that is building relationships with uh, a lot of people in the city I, I would say wow okay we've got some callers for you uh lindsay in los angeles your question or thought for Hellenic Vincent DePaul, the founder of Vegandale. Vegandale is coming to Los Angeles Saturday, October 22nd. Get your tickets now. Lindsay. Yes, and I'm very excited about Vegandale. It'll be my first uh, time to attend, and I will be there. I'm getting my ticket today. Uh, what I did want to say, just a couple of comments, I, I'm really, really behind normalizing veganism and rec the recognition that not all vegan, every there are different, every vegan is different, and every, there's many, many types of vegans is my point. But I do want to say that I see, also can see the point of coming to people from the health angle or the environmental angle only because some people are not reachable through ethics necessarily to start with, but later they kind of have that epiphany. I hear that story a lot. So thank you. And I'm really excited about this event. Yeah, I mean, thank you, Lindsay. And I think she raises a good point. You said uh, your passion for animals, which I certainly share, is palpable. But don't studies show that a lot of people do go to veganism to improve their health? I mean, America's health is not that great. Our longevity rates are going down. Two thirds of Americans are overweight or obese. Diabetes is rampant. Heart disease is rampant. A lot of it is related to a meat and dairy laden diet. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you there. Uh, I think a lot of people go plant based or they try plant based because of their health. But eventually, I think people go vegan for the moral aspect. But I do want to touch on that. It, there are already a lot of companies, let's just say there are a lot of companies, studies, doctors, a lot of groups promoting the idea that we should go plant-based because it is good for our health, which I'm not disagreeing with there. What I am saying is, but we as vegans, though, should be pushing the moral obligation because these other groups, organizations, they're not going to promote the idea that veganism is a moral obligation and they're not going to think about the animals. Whereas we as vegans should put people onto veganism for the animals because I don't think as vegans, we need to touch on the health aspect be because there are so many other non-vegan groups doing it. Uh, understood. All right. We've got another caller, Michelle, also in Los Angeles. Your question or thought for Hellenic Vincent DePaul, the founder of Vegandale coming to LA Saturday, October 22nd. 
Hi again. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm really excited about the event, and I think it's really brave of you, Hellenic, to um, be going in with the moral imperative. Um, I became vegan for the for the animals and the health aspects, but I have to tell you, as I've gone along and learned more, it's become an evolution, and it's an moral imperative for me. Um, I was reading your material, and it says that 70% of the people that attend Vegandale are non-vegans. What is your special ingredient that is encouraging or, or motivating these people to go to the festival? Great question. That, that is a great question. So I think it, it, it has a lot to do with our branding. And again, it goes back. What I found, I came from, I came from the nightlife scene. And what I found is when people go out, they do not care about anything except having a good time drinking and eating they don't really care about anything else they just want to go out for a good time so what we did we we always said you know what how can we capture an audience of people who aren't vegan so i think the key to that is again just focusing on good food alcohol creating a setting where it's more of an environment where you're going to have fun where i think that's that's a different approach from veg fest where you know if you go to a typical veg fest they're like hey we have a health panel we have an environmental panel we have all these panels but for my for just from my own personal experience people under the age of 40 do not gra- didn't gravitate to, towards that i found that if you actually focus more on quote unquote the party experience that more people under 40 are going to come to your event and i think i've been proven right Oh, I want to talk about that. But first, we've got another caller, Nyla Farr in Dallas, Texas. Your question, your thought for Hellenic Vincent DePaul Dale coming to LA October 22nd. Hello, um, Nyla Farr from Dallas. It is um, a great pleasure and honor. Hello, can, uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's a great pleasure and honor to to meet a fellow abolitionist animal rights uh, um, colleague. Um, In fact, I uh, agree with you as an animal activist, uh, advocate, and philanthropist, I agree that um, the principle of abolitionist animal rights, which was uh, designed by Professor Francioni, is fully intact. Um, we can um, we we can do our advocacy and activism, but the moral baseline should be that animals matter ethically. And um, number two, um, I am so much looking forward to uh, to the November 12th Dallas Vegandale. I'm so glad I was able to come on today and, and learn about it. I'll definitely disseminate the data to our big animal rights network in Dallas, and um, I'll shoot you a, um, a message to see what I can do to help. Thanks. And uh, Nyla Farr, what is your last name? Asparion. Um, um, I will. It, it's a hard one. It's, it's okay. Um, what can you message me too? Because I would love to be in contact with you. We have a lot of activism going on in Texas, and Unchained absolutely. TV, our global streaming network, would like to um, collaborate with you. So please reach out to me, Jane at UnchainedTV.com, or just message me on Facebook or Instagram. I'll do that. I got it. Thank you, my dear. So excited at how this is growing in your right, Texas. Uh, I visit the Rowdy Girl Sanctuary in uh, right outside Austin, and it's unbelievable. I went to the Austin Veg Fest, and it was massive. And it's Texas, the heart of 
cattle country. All right, we've got another caller, Paige in Agoura Hills. Your question or thought for Hellenic Vincent DePaul, the founder of Vegandale, coming to LA October 22nd. Okay, hi, thank you so much. Here's my question. Um, I came in through a conversation about the environment, wanting to uh, seeing the amount of resources used, and then I learned about the animal. I, could, I was in awe when I saw pigs' eyes giving water to them, um, where I used to eat hot dogs from the same place. So my question is, how do you... So I'm hearing what you're saying about the event bringing people in. Then how do we bring this information forward about the animals at a fun event like this? Good question. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, granted, let's say you have 10, 20, 30,000 people coming to the festival. You know, uh, let's be honest here. Most people, 99% of those people aren't going vegan or they're not going vegan overnight. And we, we know that. We know that. But our goal is essentially for someone to come in there I have two goals. Someone to come in there and we have a lot of messaging throughout the festival and it's through our art. And, you know, a lot of the art pretty much says go vegan because for the animals, go vegans because our animals are not property. It's like 20 pieces of art. And, you know, we have these fabulous vendors and these amazing sponsors. But if just one person can walk through the festival and say, hey, you know what? I have got I've enjoyed the day. I've enjoyed the day. I've enjoyed the food. I've enjoyed the people here. I can do this for the rest of my life. I can, there is nothing wrong with this. It is very easy. It is very normal. It is very accessible. I've gone to this festival. I've seen this. Maybe not, I should be thinking about the animals. And our, our, our whole idea is veganism is normal, quote unquote. It's very normal. It's very accessible. And B, can we have the person that comes into the festival who isn't vegan, can we have them leaving thinking about the animals and thinking about, should I be doing this? And that is ultimately our goal. So what you do is you put a crack in the meat matrix. This is what I've started to really <sighs> describe it as a matrix. People are stuck in the meat matrix. There was a news story where a woman was eating at a fast food joint and she opened her bun and she saw a nipple on the slice of meat and she screamed and ran around the restaurant and it was a big news story and everybody was like, oh my God, that's gross. Well, who on earth did she think she was eating prior to that? She was trapped in the meat matrix and suddenly a hole had been ripped in the meat matrix and she stepped out and she saw the world for what it was. That's what we need people to do is to see the world, that denial mechanism, that net around them, uh, promoted by the meat and dairy industry, advertising, the US government, the media, they're all in on it. And so they have normalized unimaginable cruelty to animals on a scale that is unseen in, in history. And so you are puncturing that hole. So. I think your approach is absolutely fantastic because you're right. Kids just care about having fun. So tell us about your background. You said you were in the entertainment scene. I know you've worked with huge celebrities. Give us that backstory because it seems like what you're creating is an experience and you know how to get the demo 18 to 
35 or whatever the demo is these days in the door. Yeah, I, I do have a bit of experience with that. Before, you know, uh, around 2012, I would say around 2012, I, I, was, I was big in the nightlife scene in Toronto. I had a website called clubcrawlers.com, but, you know, it was popular at the time. And essentially the site would serve as an advertising mechanism for nightclubs in the area to, uh, to advertise. But more importantly, I gradually, slowly learned how to put on my own events and, you know, at that time, we were doing events as large as 5,000 people. We had everyone from DJ Khaled to LeBron James. And so, you know, I had a, a, a lot of experience putting on events. And I think I've learned a lot from the nightlife world, to be honest. I, I've applied everything I've learned from the nightlife world to Vegandale. And I think a lot of people come into Vegandale and they're like, wow, this is this is very loud. I didn't expect this at a vegan festival or there's a lot of artwork here. There's a lot of alcohol. There's just, you know, a lot of younger people. And I think, you know, to all, to anyone organizing a vegan event, a vegetarian event, I, I really, you know, I, re I really want you to take into consideration that if you want to attract a younger demographic, I, I would say, Again, I would say step away from the environmental and the health aspect. I would say if you can pull them in, because I, I'll tell you this, a lot of people, when they go out on a Saturday night or a Saturday day, they're not concerned with the environment or they're not concerned about a salad or they're not concerned about their health benefits. They're primarily concerned about how can I have a good time today? And I think, you know, that's how we reel them in. We get them in that way. But then right when they get through the door, we try to hammer them with vegan messaging. And, you know, that, that's our secret sauce. And what is the vegan messaging? How does that, like, uh, you talked about loud music, and I know that's that's what's hot, okay? People want a DJ. They want to feel like they're in a nightclub. You know how to create that ambiance. Uh, how do you weave in those messages? Is it leaflets? What What is that vehicle? Yeah, so I am against all printed material. I don't, I don't particularly like leaflets. I think the world is digital. But it is... Um, we have about, I would say about 20 large pieces of art. We have 20 large pieces of art. And in those arts is, is just different types of messaging. And I'll give you one. For example, uh, you know, one is just a, a large painting, 10 by 10. It's a large painting of a cow going into a farm. And of course, I, it just says, hey, Bob's Organic Humane Family Farm. And then it just essentially, it's a picture that shows whether you choose organic, humane, or factory farm all roads lead to the same result for the paka, which is death. And, you know, that's why you should think on that. Or we have, uh, we may have an ad that with two pigs running that just say, just do it, you know, a take on Nike's ad. So you really have to come to the festival to experience all the art, but it, a lot of our vegan messaging is through the art. And of course we have a digital screen on, um, you know, on the stage, which is about 20 by 20, I believe. And again, that's all unapologetically vegan messaging as well. Wow. So oh, I have so many questions. Tell me about your background. You were born in Sri Lanka, I understand, moved to Canada as a young person. Why do you think your heart opened up? But first, before we get to that, think about that one for a second. We got one more caller here. Sarah in Beverly Hills, your question or thought? Hi, I wanted to find out my friend's birthday is actually the same day as actually Vegandale, and we're going to be coming there. And I wanted to find out 
if you guys have any places for us to like maybe have a group party or maybe like let us know like what's going to be happening there thank you well, yeah good question like we know it's very exciting we know that tickets i i looked last night there's a couple of uh different categories that are sold out sold out sold out so get your tickets because they're going like hotcakes like vegan hotcakes but yeah paint a picture of of like if a party of four goes in there what do they experience well you know you well to answer her question there there isn't a specific space for a, a, a birthday group there's no because the whole space is a massive field but i can assure you that there is enough space for your entire party to roam and roam around and have a good time but to paint the experience it's really hard to put it in words but i'll try you know first you go in you you'll hear the loud music you'll see a piece of art that says vegandale you may take a picture under the sign and then in LA, we have about 20 to 30 sponsors coming. And out of those sponsors, I believe about 20 are sampling. So, you know, if you're listening, take advantage of that because there's literally 20 people, 20 boots giving out free food. So I should, and drinks. I would definitely take advantage of that. And then I think from there, it's, you know, you choose your local vendors, who you want to support, what kind of food you want to try. You try your food, you have a few drinks. And then of course, there's the art, there's a huge art area. I would definitely say go into the art area, almost everyone does. And then from there, you go back to the stage, you'll hear a lot of music on stage, they may have some games on stage, and then you just pretty much, you know, rinse and repeat for the whole day. Well, let me ask you one question. I've gone to a lot of VegFests where there's tons of food booths, but there's always like two or three food booths and this is just a personal question that I've always been perplexed by. Everybody seems to line up at two or three food booths. I always avoid those because I don't want to wait online. And then I go to some other booth that's sort of overlooked and it's the most delicious food on the planet. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like why people gravitate to like, it seems like I've seen this at almost every veg fest. Yes. Um, I, we have the same issue so we have a lot of people that are coming from outside of outside of la so they'll come from like new york chicago toronto and what we find is people specifically go to those booths because you know they can't experience that in the city that they're in but i think people tend to line up when there's a longer line for whatever reason there's this mentality if there is a line the food must be good so let me also go line up there and it is a problem because like you said there are you know, there's over a hundred vendors and some of them have no lines. You should go to the ones with no lines because they often have great food as well. But I would say for anyone wanting to wait in a two hour line, just don't wait in line and then complain because there's other vendors that you could, you know, you could wait 15 minutes in line. But I find, I find a lot of people tend to wait in the two hour line and then complain, which is always perplexing to me. It's like, <laughs> why did you wait in the line? <laughs> so... Um, we've got a caller, Stacy San Diego. Stacy, what is your question for Hellenic Vincent DePaul, the founder of Vegandale? Well, thank you so much for uh, taking my question. But I, I am somebody who's not a vegan, and I like to go to festivals so that I can actually learn something that's outside of just food. Are you offering any sort of like anything that has to do with like climate change, other than? food, no. things that yeah. we can do. Are those, are those kinds of vendors also there as well? 
So I would say that if that is your focus, our festival may not be the best fit for you. Um, we specifically go out of our way to talk to not talk about the climate or health. Um, you know, I, so wow. I would say maybe our festival isn't the best for you. And I have to be transparent here. It's just, you know, but if you want to learn about the animals and the moral obligation, I would definitely say, you know, you should come and check it out because there is a lot you could learn there. Wow. Well, okay. uh, so many, so many interesting questions. And uh, we're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio. On the other side of the break, we're going to learn the life story of this amazing man who has created this extraordinary, fast-growing, skyrocketing thing called Vegandale. Stay right there on Voice America Radio. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Welcome back to Unchained TV on Voice America Radio. I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, and you are now re entering a portal to a transformative way of living. Jay Villas Mitchell here, so honored, thrilled, learning so much from Hellenic Vincent DePaul, the founder of the incredibly successful, fast-growing Vegandale hitting Los Angeles, October 22nd, Saturday, near downtown LA at a very historic park near Chinatown, by the way. Um, we've got yet another caller, uh, Renee in Los Angeles. So great to hear from you. You question her thought for Hellenic. Thank you, Jane and Hellenic. I have a thought and a thank you. Uh, I'm a businesswoman here in Los Angeles who is a vegan and does what I can to advocate for animals, right? Because my heart is big. And for some reason, I heard the message and made the change. Most of my clients are not vegan. I'd say 98% of my clients, I've been in business for 18 years, 
And throughout that time, I'm always looking for events to invite them to. Uh, for example, uh, I did a Thanksgiving thing at the Gentle Barn and invited them to bring their kids. So I'm in real estate, so it encompasses families, individuals. What is fantastic about this and why I'm calling in is any other business person listening today, this is a great opportunity as a soft touch to reward clients uh, for an anniversary, uh, for anything, to call up and say, I've got some tickets and I'm looking for 10 clients, you know, 10 people to join me. So I appreciate what you're offering and the way you're doing it. And the fact that you've got music, the trifecta, music, food, and art to open the heart. So um, I'm on your website right now looking to grab some tickets and I challenge or hope to inspire any other business person in my shoes that you have a heart and you wonder, how can I help all of these incredible people I serve in my business open up to the message so that they too can go vegan and basically honor themselves, the animals and the planet. So those are my very long-winded thought. but thank you, Hellenic um, you. and Jane for highlighting this today. Wow. Uh, Renee, that is such a good idea to bring people to the party, get 10 tickets and say, hey, I'm giving you this as a reward and bring it, give it to those people who are not already vegan, but who are maybe vegan curious, veg curious, who say, a lot of people say to me now, oh, I'm mostly plant-based. I barely eat any meat. I don't know if they're telling the truth, but I hear it a lot. Uh, it's almost becoming a little embarrassing to eat meat in some circles, in many circles, just like it became embarrassing to smoke years ago. I Many, many years ago, I smoked and I, I noticed, you know, it's not cool anymore. It's That's what we need to, that's the key. We need to say, you know, eating meat ain't cool. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, I want to ask you about your personal history. You were born in Sri Lanka, moved to Canada, raised in Canada. What is it about you that made your heart able to open to this issue? Yeah, you know, uh, we, my parents, we came here as refugees, my family. And I, I actually, I, I don't know, none of my family members are vegan. No one is vegan. I, I, I was, you know, I was a huge meat and dairy eater before I became vegan. I, one day, my wife, she just brought home two kittens. And, you know, she had uh, found them in the backyard. Her, their mother wasn't there. So she waited a few days and she brought them back. And before that, I had no... I really didn't have a relationship with animals. I had no relationship with animals. I've never had a, any other pets. And then she brought them. And I think, you know, within a week I started, I would just look at them and I would, you know, I, I think every person has this epiphany where you, you question the morality of why is it wrong? You know, why is it wrong to kill other animals, but not wrong to kill your own animal? Like, why would, why do we live in a society like that? And, you know, why, why? And I think that's an individual question we all have to ask, but I don't know the answer. I just, to me, just, I just thought, you know, this is not something I want to participate in. I would never hurt my, hurt my cat. I do not want to hurt any other animal. And I think it, it was just a personal thing for me. And I, I don't know why that doesn't resonate with more people, to be honest. I, I, you know, I'm shocked to this day as to how many people have cats and dogs or, you know, they quote unquote love animals, but yet they're not vegan and they're not even open to the idea of veganism. I, I wish I knew the answer to that. 
I know it's the key question that if we ask, if we figure that one out, we would case closed, we would have the problem solved. One of the things that I want to talk to you about is you talked about sampling and that Vegandale has become a place where major companies test market their products. Tell us all about that, because when people go to Vegandale, for example, October 22nd in Los Angeles, uh, they you said there's a lot of food booths where there's free food and they're getting something out of it because they're figuring out who likes what, etc. Yeah. So veganism has been now is going to be a testing ground for a lot of up and coming companies. So we get everyone from startups all the way to publicly traded companies. You know, I'll give you an example. Like Hellman's always comes, you know, sometimes Ben and Jerry's. This year we have Tyndall. Have you heard of Tyndall and Project Poyo? Uh, uh, yes, I've heard of Project Boyo. Yeah. So yes. Tyndall, yeah, they partnered up to be our presenting sponsor in all our cities, in the U.S. cities, and they just have this amazing chicken. They have this amazing chicken. I've never had anything like it. And it's, you know, they're sampling and they'll be selling as well, but it's just. And when we say chicken, just to not confuse anybody. Oh, vegan chicken, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I they're sampling their vegan chicken, but we also have like Guru Energy. We have a lot of these coffee companies, but if you're vegan or even if you're not and you want to try out the latest vegan products from you know major companies i would definitely say come and check it out because you're going to be blown away by just a number of samples there and hellman's has a vegan mayonnaise right yeah i believe they're, they're coming out with a few different products yeah they have a few of uh, i think they they have three lines now that aren't vegan that are vegan sorry but mayo ranch i'm not sure but yeah. And you know, my philosophy is people say, well, that's a company that also makes products that involve dairy. Uh, well, we as Gene Bauer, the founder of Farm Sanctuary, said so well, we should accept people wherever they are in the journey. We don't want to be an exclusive club that's constantly saying you can't join, you can't join. These companies, I view them like boxes and they can be filled with different products, different ideas. And the idea is to change the structure that is this company and replace meat and dairy products with vegan products. So uh, I totally applaud you for bringing in companies that are on that journey because it's a process, not an event. As much as I'd like to wake up tomorrow and find out all these big companies are suddenly 100% vegan, that's a fantasy. We have to accept life on life's terms and give these companies the opportunity to evolve. What do you say? Yeah, I fully agree with you. I think if we shut out all these companies, if we say, hey, you're not vegan, I'm not going to support you, you are never going to create a vegan world. You know, to, to anyone who criticizes that, I want to say, first, a company isn't your moral compass. And B, if you can show all these companies that there is a demand for vegan products, they will continue to make vegan products. And we are not going to get a vegan world unless we have companies behind us as well. If you want to wake up to a world where, you know, Hellman's or Ben and Jerry's is 100% vegan, then you have to show them that the demand is there. And I think it's really important that we support not only local vendors, but also major corporations as well. I love it. We've got another caller, Simone from Los Angeles. Your question or thought for Hellenic Vincent DePaul, the founder of the incredibly successful Vegandale. I also love the name Vegandale. Um, one of my favorite places in the world is Lilydale, and uh, so I love Vegandale. Um, I think the event's going to be fantastic, bringing non-vegans into the fold by introducing them, you know, to our wonderful, compassionate world. I just had a question. I don't 
I was listening to an answer of one of the non-vegans that called in um, about being educated. And I personally don't think that we as a community need to hit every single reason why we're vegan at every single event and every single campaign. I think if it's just about compassion or if one is just about climate change or whatever. But I was curious just because you said, oh, you know, maybe it's a different event that you need to go to because we don't mention climate change. I was just curious as to how you came to that and, and why. Good question. That's a good question because it was a personal choice. I have never to this day once thought, you know what? I'm vegan because of the climate, because I'll tell you the truth is, even if it was bad for the climate, I would still be vegan. So, you know, I've never thought about that. It's never crossed my mind. And I also think there's a lot of greenwashing going around. I also think, you know, a lot of people will play at the card like, hey, you should go plant-based because it's better for the environment or you should try these plant-based. But I don't believe in that. I, I think our message should be clear and consistent in that you should go vegan because it is exploiting animals. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to exploit animals. And if you do not want to exploit animals then you should go vegan, I really feel like if I bring in the message of climate change or health, it really, it, it, it'll confuse people. I, and I do not want to confuse anyone. I don't want to send mixed signals. Also, I really want to make, this is a really important point that people seem to miss, but if you notice in the current media right now, a lot of corporations, the meat and dairy industry, and let's just say leather companies and whatnot, they're actually pushing the agenda that they're environmentally friendly. You know, they're saying, hey, we have sustainable leather and we have, you know, our dairy farm is sustainable. And I think a lot of people will get, get confused at that. They'll be like, hey, wait a second, aren't the meat and dairy companies sustainable, environmentally friendly, et cetera. But I think if we argue the moral aspect, you can't really argue with that. You can't really argue because no one can come on and say, hey, did that animal die? Whereas we say, hey, that animal was exploited. But it is a very hard concept to greenwash or it is a very hard concept to argue with that an animal died because in the production of milk and dairy, you know, that meat and dairy, yes, an animal had to die. And I think we need to be clear and consistent with our messaging that, uh, you know, it, the only reason to go vegan is because of our moral obligation. And I know a lot of people will disagree with me on that, but that's just, you know, how I took this. Well, nothing <laughs> succeeds like success. And uh, it's like the movie Earthlings by the amazing Sean Munson. Some people say, well, I don't want to see graphic footage. Okay, don't see it. But there is a film called Earthlings that has probably uh, turned more people vegan than, than anything. And so I believe all spokes in the wheel. Like I'm inspired because I spent my career in mainstream media to try to get the word out through social media, through our global streaming network, Unchained TV, which recently launched and re reaches a totally new audience. You, you come from the party scene, so you're using your party skills to get people in. Other people might be environmentalists. They can use that. All spokes in the wheel. Uh, or put it another way, throw the spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Because I believe that different people are motivated by different uh, reasons. Like, yes, it for me, the fundamental thing is if we could go through life causing less suffering, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? I don't I don't know who said that, but somebody said it, some famous person. Obviously, if you can avoid suffering, 
Why wouldn't you? Right. And so it's so easy. We've made it so easy. Let me ask you this question. The one place that I feel not guilty shopping is at a veg fest. I do most of my holiday shopping. I bring two bags and then I go to town and I'm buying uh, soy candles and all sorts of things for whoever I need to give gifts to for the year. Do you have that at Vegandale as well, where people can shop for T-shirts and jackets and candles and yeah, of course. Yeah, we have, about, I believe, about 15 to 20 percent of our vendors are not food vendors. But yeah, we, we have companies called Compassion Co. Uh, that's the one thing I can talk, uh, think about on the top of my head. But yeah, we have several companies that are selling, you know, they're trying to show you that veganism isn't just about food. But hey, you know what? There are there's other aspects. There's jackets, there's boots, there's, you know, wallets. There's just so many things that people would think that, especially shoes seem to be a big thing now, but definitely you can come to Vegandale and it's, it's not just food, but it's a whole experience. I want to talk to you about your plans to expand to Europe. Uh, England and particularly London is one of the most vegan uh, friendly food cities. Uh, tell us about what's happening with Europe. Yeah, so we definitely have our sites in Europe. We, our goal is by t- either 2023 or 2024, we do want to get to five cities within Europe. We do want to be, you know, we, we want, we don't just want to be the biggest vegan festival in North America. We want to be the biggest vegan festival in the world. And, you know, we, we want to hit up Europe. We want to hit up uh, Australia. But definitely latest 2024, we will be uh, in Europe. You had mentioned that, a lot of your team had big corporate jobs and they left to do this, which I love hearing that. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah. So I found out I, I, I said, when somebody is motivated, when, when, they're, when it's mission driven and we are mission driven, we don't hide that fact that people really just want to support you and they're willing to sacrifice other aspects of their life. We have a team of 15 vegan. It's all vegan members only. And, you know, I'll be honest, anyone listening, if you want to work with Vegan Dale, if you tell us, hey, I'm not vegan right away, it's X, you're not coming on. We only hire vegans, dedicated ethical vegans. And, you know, a lot of them have left corporate jobs. They've left nice corporate jobs. They've left higher pay. They left, uh, more vacation days and again they come because they see veganism and they see they see vegan dale not just as a company uh, that's doing festivals but more more we're mission aligned we're mission driven to change the world you know and, and that is to reduce animal use and they understand that and i really hope we can get more people like that so what cities do you see? Because as I see Vegandale, and I want to echo what Simone said, I love the name. There's something about the name that it's a portal to a whole little city where nobody gets hurt and everybody has a good time. Brilliant. How'd you come up with that name? Well, uh, there's a city, uh, there's a neighborhood in Toronto. It's called Parkdale. And, you know, we had opened up a few restaurants there and then we just thought, hey, we didn't really want to call our event Veg Fest or, or you know, we, didn't, we, we wanted to come up with a cool name and somebody just blurted out. They're like, hey, what about Vegan Dale? Combine Parkdale and Vegan. <laughs> so we're just like, hey, that sounds cool. So it was just more of a random thought, I would say. 
Yeah, and I'm already thinking of all the cities where this would be hot. Um, several years ago, I went to Berlin, and I just couldn't believe how vegan it was. It, it, I know London is considered perhaps arguably the most vegan city, but Berlin is right up there. It's extraordinary. Are you thinking of a vegan Dale in Berlin, perhaps down the road? Or what about thinking about other parts of the world? What about Latin America? Uh, Mexico City reportedly has more than 80 vegan restaurants right now. Yeah, correct. So we were obviously thinking about, we haven't thought about Latin America, we were thinking of Berlin, but I want to put it out there. We are seeing our greatest success, not in big cities, but in the least, like we're in cities where you wouldn't expect it to, to be so big. And I'll give you an idea. It's like Dallas, we, go to, we went to Dallas and we were expecting a 10,000 person show. We're like, okay, it's going to be a decent sized festival, 10,000, but we're on pace to do 15,000. And that is bigger than wow. our first year in New York. And I wow. think we're reevaluating, hey, maybe our jobs maybe should be to influence cities where veganism isn't that big. Maybe we wanna bring Vegandale to cities where veganism isn't the hype and we make it the hype. So I think we're actually looking now at cities, which would surprise you, which would surprise you. We're looking at Phoenix, you know, we're looking at Seattle, and we're trying to get, we're actually trying to avoid bigger cities like Berlin and London. So we're trying to find out, and that it's a challenge for us, but we definitely want to find more places like Dallas. I would like to ask you in the few minutes that we have, what have been your biggest challenges? Uh, I know running a streaming network, I spend a good portion of my day putting out fires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a business, I think we're always putting out fires and, you know, we're always dealing with things like cash flow and employees. And, you know, I would have to honestly say, I think for Vegan and Vegandale to grow, our biggest challenge is always going to be finding the right people. Because uh, like I said, we don't just want anyone because we only hire vegans. We're limited to 2% of the population. And of that 2%, we then have to make sure, are they ethical vegans as well, which we do. So our biggest challenge, I think, to grow as a company is we have a great team now, but if we want to get to 20 to 25 cities, how are we going to get 50 more, you know, vegans working for us? How are we going to get 100 more vegans for us? Because, you know, companies already have a hard time finding employees, but limiting our pool to 2% of the people, well, that's, that's proving to be a real challenge. And what is your structure like you are a for-profit you're not a non-profit but you're a mission-driven for-profit which i applaud entirely um how with your entertainment background how did you manage to create this i can't overestimate how complicated it is to do a veg fest i i know this myself personally it's one of the most complicated things and it varies city to city and then you add the corporate structure on top of it. Then you add going international in different countries where the rules are different. The languages can be different. How the heck are you doing all this? Yeah, it's, again, it goes down to the team. I have a great team. They've been super supportive. And, you know, we're, we're, we're always adding employees every year. It is very difficult. I will say it is very difficult. And we're bootstrapped. So we have currently have no venture capitalist funding. And, you know, we have, we're not backed by anyone. So we're bootstrapped, it is very hard, but again, it's the determination of the employees that we have that, that really makes it all happen. What are, we only have a couple of minutes, what are some of the moments that you remember when you think of the vegan deals you've held, uh, where you go, wow, this, 
you know, this is like a miracle moment or this is a, this is an anecdote that just really encapsulates the whole thing. Yeah. I think this just happened two weeks ago. Uh, two weeks ago, we just had Vegandale, New York. We had, you know, close to 35,000 attendees. And wow. for us, we had, for, to see that crowd, to see that crowd and to say, hey, you know what, we did this, that, you know, that felt amazing. And, you know, more importantly, a lot of the crowd wasn't vegan. And I think we're very proud of that fact. Like we look at the crowd, we have 35,000 people that most aren't vegan. And to say we brought in so many non-vegans here to educate them about veganism, to show, show them that they can live a vegan life, that just felt great. Wow. So my final question, we got two minutes. What do you see in the future? You have a great perch to view the entire scene. People keep talking about the tipping point. And yet globally, unfortunately, meat consumption continues to rise. However, I definitely feel confident that the law of unintended consequences like precision fermentation and a lot of the technologies that are going to be developed to create alternative proteins that look, taste and feel like meat, but have no animals involved is going to be part of the solution. What say you? Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. I think a lot of vegan companies right now, unfortunately, we're seeing with Beyond Meat, I think a lot of them, uh, you know, they might go bankrupt and they not, might not exist. But I do think you're going to see the rise of a, whole, of a whole new set of companies. I think you're going to see more people passionate about veganism. And unfortunately, meat and dairy is on the rise. But also, I think veganism is growing as well. And we shouldn't overlook that. I, I, I just think as long as we keep educating people, more people will come on to veganism and we'll just get, we'll just see the demand go up and up and up. So I think the future is looking good for veganism. Yes. And, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of Beyond Meats right here in El Segundo near where I live <laughs> and I've interviewed the founder and it's an incredible company. So <laughs> um, I just want to say thank you. You're a super busy man. An hour for you is like a week for uh, some other folks. I am so honored that you took the time. And please look for the news article about Hellenic Vincent DePaul, the founder of Vegandale on UnchainedTV.com. And we're also going to be going uh, live at Vegandale as well as putting together a video for Unchained TV. This is my little handmade uh, mic flag, but... On my to-do list today, we're ordering hats. We're ordering all sorts of, of fun merch for folks. Um, maybe I would like to have a booth at Vegandale next year. So we're going to make it happen. Sure. Are you going to come back to L.A. again? We'll definitely be in L.A. every year. <laughs> all right. We're going to be a part of it. Thank you so much. It's just been such a pleasure and an honor. And I love what you do. You are amazing. Perfect. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Take thank care. you. Bye. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.